Okay, all right, welcome. <clears throat> bienvenidos a la... Bienvenidos. Bienvenidos a la trabajo fiesta <laughs> del Triabili. <laughs> I totally botched the grammar on that, but oh. I think I got the words right. Oh, it sounds pretty right. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is your Trailbilly episode for the uh, week of October the 24th, or at least that's what today is anyways. Um... You yeah, po- uh, you, I I posted the episode that we recorded uh, about the seance. I didn't see you plug it, my man. I'll do it right now. You're not plugging it. <laughs> I'll do it right now. No, I didn't see it. I don't think I. I'm just kidding, dude. Um, yeah, welcome everybody. We haven't, dude. We haven't recorded. This feels kind of weird. It feels kind of like being on the court uh, after having a little bit of um, a bye week. We had a bye week last week. Yeah, and the, and that can uh, that can lead to an upset. Oh yeah, yeah. You Usually, can get, yeah, you can get too comfortable. See Kentucky, what we did off by week, barely beat the worst team in the fucking world, Vanderbilt Commodores. But that was an upset, or no? No, I mean we were supposed to win, but we barely beat them. So you're saying a bye week could be bad for you because you can just get comfortable. Yeah, it's like um, my knees, uh, my ankles and knees are a little weak right now, a little creaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel that way too. So creaky. <laughs> well, but <laughs> I've gotten a lot of great content out of that White House paper that the the paper on socialism that the White House briefed <laughs> me because I, I I tweeted about it without even reading the damn thing and then yeah, I was like, That's a stupid joke and I took it down immediately. I've been getting a lot of good content out of it. Right before you came over here I was laughing about they uh, uh, uh uh, you know, first of all, I tweeted something about like how the first sentence seems to be implying. Oh, yeah, you had you had one go viral with. Uh, yeah, I did. I did put it, that shit on mute. But everybody in my mentions was like, "Coincide? That's not what coincide it means, motherfucker." I was like, "They said that to you." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "It's a joke. It's a fucking joke." Those people are the worst, <laughs> man. You can't even fucking. You can't. It's pretty good. Anyways, um. But dude, the it, the its conception of socialism is hilarious because the White House genuinely thinks, and I'm not. I, obviously, Trump had nothing to do with this. This is probably people, you know, like they went to the University of Chicago's like economics department and you know found some undergrad there or something to write this. Um, <laughs> Here's why it won't work. Yeah, well, that's, that's really <laughs> laissez-faire. <laughs> Speaking of that, that that was a funny idea. Like when high school teachers try to teach you the concept of life. The funniest thing about getting older, especially um, you know, the more the older I get and the more sort of radical I get or political or whatever, it's like. Man, the, the, those people that were trusted with teaching us these really serious, heady topics back when we were like 16 years old should not have any, been allowed anywhere near a textbook. Well, but also, <laughs> well, also more than that, it's like, um, besides not being qualified, they're also trying to teach some concepts that are just not real, like economics, for example. <laughs> yeah, that's totally true. While trying to sound like they know what they're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just it's what Paul Krugman or any of them do. Like there are people with <laughs> degrees from very prestigious universities 
that mean nothing in my eyes because it's just a fucking oh it's pseudoscience it's a a stupid (laughs) pseudoscience yeah Yeah, economics the the practice in the doc we've said it on the show before i think but as a field of discipline as a field of study it literally is it's a pseudoscience yeah i mean like obviously there are economic um so, I mean, obviously, because we had an episode uh, a few weeks ago where we talked about Rosa Luxemburg's theater um, reformer revolution, and she gets into a lot of economics in that paper. And, uh, you know what I mean? It's, so it's like, it's not that we're saying, like, the 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 concept of looking at economic drivers and trends and patterns and patterns and stuff is dumb it's that like the current conception it's that (laughs) derivatives are fairy dust (laughs) Uh, exactly uh the the idea of compounding interest everybody have you ever tried have you ever listened to a personal (laughs) finance person try to explain to you the art of compounding interest yeah (laughs) it's like they're trying to they're trying to I'm trying to think how to put this. They're like, <laughs> they're like, they have no idea how it works. Right. First of all, they have no idea how it works. Right, right. But they're selling it to you like it is, <laughs> like, they're so certain. But then when you get into the particulars, they go, it's just the magic of compounding interest. <laughs> what is the compound interest used for? No, like basically what it means is we loan rich people our money and if... <laughs> Yeah. And if we're and if early and if we're lucky, by the time we retire, we might make eight percent on it. Right. <laughs> totally. Well, I think it's in one episode. Um, I think it's in one episode that like, look, I know, I know, you know, I, just putting it all out there. My dad runs a business. All right, we, petty bourgeois. You know what I mean? Like the man, right? Just, just straight up bourgeois. He's a he is a small business owner. I know what it means to run a business. The what you've got to do if you want to run a successful business is not pay your workers shit. <laughs> Mass exploitation. <laughs> he gets so mad at me. Heard me that's say that's this. the only way. That's the only way, though. I I know he gets so mad because they they can't get any work right now because the oil industry is booming in Hobbs right now, just fucking blowing up. Really. So yeah. he's not got any cheap labor to turn yeah. to. Look, the story of um, my origins in the bourgeoisie is complicated. It's not like I grew up that way, but <laughs> here you are. <laughs> but here I am now, <laughs> wearing two hundred fifty dollar Red Wing boots and uh, I like those pants. Where'd you get those pants at? These are Levi's. Um, I got them off just a uh, garment dyed. Yeah, they're just green. 5'11s, 5'14s. It's uh, 5'11s. 5'11s. You know, I'm not really used to wearing um, jeans that are of a different color. but um, They look good. Thanks. I, you know, I texted you yesterday. Uh, like, Does this match? 5'11, you said? Yeah. Slim pin. Yeah. yeah. Well, 5'11, then you know, they got a slim fit through your thighs. Yeah. And they kind of get a little well, baggy. I'll go ahead and tell you my, my trick. I wear a 501s. Uh-huh. But the trick is, is you have to, uh, this is the the Tom Sexton way, you have to hem them to, I hem them to about 27 and a half inches. Interesting. And then I taper the leg <laughs> to about a seven and a half inch opening. 
So I get that good room in the thighs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's, you know, not too baggy on the... Interesting. Well, see, the way that I usually just disguise that is I wear these fucking ankle-high boots. And it just bunches it all up right here. Yeah. You can't tell anyway. Yeah, that's a good call. I've never been a boot guy. No, I can't, I can't dress myself as a colorblind person. That's why I have to send you... <laughs> Does this match? Does this match, Tom? <laughs> Every morning when I was in middle school, I used to have to do that to my mom. Mom, does this match? <laughs> Basically, um, you know, you can anything matches anything except black and brown, totally. and even sometimes that'll work. Totally, totally. Well, um, so back to running a business. Yeah, okay. Back to business. <laughs> this is this is uh, Market Watch. <laughs> With Kai Ristall. <laughs> um, so economics is a pseudoscience for sure. Um, but basically, well, I guess I, wait, maybe we flesh that out a little bit. This is the conversation I have had with my dad and other people before, too. Like, there's, I mean, like, look, like, the idea of cap- capitalism, like, there's really nothing inherently new about running an organization uh bartering resources for other resources or whatever using exploiting labor to do that like that has been around for quite a long time it just didn't become institutionalized into a international you know global system until about like the 17th century or so yeah that was based off of um speculation uh that was based off of well it's like they mentioned it in this thing but it's like castro said like the capitalists have turned the world into a casino. And that's pretty much it. Castro said that? Yeah. That's good. It is pretty good. <laughs> um, but the funny thing about this paper, uh, I, I should, a lot of people are going to disagree with me about everything I just said. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Let them let let bring it. <laughs> bring it, Matt Bruni. Um, I really have no idea what. I have a bachelor's in History. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't the fucking slightest clue what I'm talking about. The funniest, the funny thing about this thing, though, is that um, look at this. The socialist narrative names the oppressors of the vulnerable, such as the bourgeoisie, attributed to Marx. Marx named the bourgeoisie as as an oppressor of the vulnerable. The kulaks. That was Lenin. Lenin said the kulaks oppressed the vulnerable. The landlords. That was Mao. It was, um, that, you know, that was big, one of Mao's biggest insights. The giant corporations, that was Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> yeah, you know that, like, the little red thing's got Mao, it goes on down the line to Marx. Yeah. And then just, now it's just, we just had Bernie and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, who is a capitalist, she just thinks that the banks need to be a little nicer. <laughs> That's so funny to me that they, in the White House, you know, and a lot of these right-wingers these days, they're so scared. Oh, yeah. Of even the slightest degree of taxation on their capital gain. Yeah, yeah. Like they that they immediately see Sanders and Warren as like revolutionaries on par with Castro. <laughs> Ready to take up arms and yeah, and overthrow, yeah. Jesus. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> one of my favorite Castro stories talking about casinos and revolution is uh when uh, Meyer Lansky ran the uh, the uh, 
Hotel Cuba Libre in Havana. Right. And uh, Che and the boys showed up and, <laughs> and stuck a gun to his forehead. Right. <laughs> Myra Lansky was kind of a G about it. He just shut the door in their face. <laughs> but they ended up taking it anyway. <laughs> but they just reopened the door. <laughs> yeah. They, Kicked the back of his legs out and his knees. Buckled. I don't know if that's what happened. I think that uh, I think maybe they just came back later and just took no. it. <laughs> but well, I guess Meyer Lansky was a gangster and um, not necessarily a capitalist, but they're both the same. You know what I'm saying, man? Yeah, it's a shame that they're so cool. Capitalists just are just really nerdy gangsters that <laughs> that just pawn their blood and. Uh, Blood spilling off on <laughs> They're just people. gangsters that have to pay for their girlfriends. <laughs> but not even that. They don't even do that. Right? What do you mean by pay for their girlfriends? Like, take them out to... I'm just saying if they didn't have money, they wouldn't have oh. girls. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Whereas gangsters are cool, you know. <laughs> they probably, even if they were broke, they probably could get girls. <laughs> Maybe I should reward that. <laughs> Pay for their head. That didn't sound right. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. You can't be, if you're trying to get into a gang, you have to be cool. Right. Like Elon Musk not getting any play unless he's a billionaire. Look, I could probably get into a gang. I'm pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what gang would it be? <laughs> the, the Mayans MC? <laughs> yes, I could get into the Mayans MC. God damn it. <laughs> Look at me! Look at the way I wear these boots. Couldn't you see some? Couldn't you see me like stomping somebody's head in? Like um, I could see you being a minor capo in an Aryan <laughs> prison gang, possibly. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Speaking of uh, speaking of kicking somebody's head in, um, we saw Halloween earlier this week. We did. Very good. That scene wholly unrealistic. <laughs> Here, here's somebody made a good point. I forgot who it was on Twitter. Uh, they said that, um, you know, the first scene, hopefully that, there's a couple spoilers. Turn it off if you've not, you know, hum a mm. few bars here if you want to see it and haven't yet. But I, see, the t- for me, like, a first scene isn't a spoiler. Because you're going to see it right immediately. <laughs> Yeah, a spoiler would be like something that happens in the last like twenty percent of the movie. Or yeah, something. okay, okay. So the first scene, you know, when they're in the courtyard mm-hmm. and they've got the huge big block that's holding right. Michael Myers down there. Right, right. Somebody right. pointed out and they said, you know, when when the like crazy doctors walking them in, right? Podcasters. Oh yeah, <laughs> there is a funny sub- subplot of that film about podcasters. <laughs> but the and guy about says, how spineless they are. But the guy says, the doctor says. Good God, whatever you do, don't go inside the yellow lines. Right. And then it pans over to Michael Myers, who has short hair. <laughs> so somebody had to cut his hair. True. It's just a little hole. It's just a little <laughs> just a little hole there, Danny McBride. You sound like my parents. Every time I try to watch a movie with them, they're like, this couldn't happen. They didn't have ATMs in 1980. They, this, this isn't realistic. Well, <laughs> there's that. And then there's the whole thing like... Well, somebody's also got to like shackle him and like lead him to the like shower and <laughs> true. Like, there's a reason they don't show you like the intricacies of the whole thing. You're right, Tom. You're very correct. So, um, 
I thought it was funny sitting there watching it. I was like, I was thinking about like, um, well, so we went into it. I was like, I got to come away with some sort of profound, you know, something to say about this movie, you know, like a good, like something a good critic w- would do. And I got to thinking about it and I was like, really, if you want to sound smart, anytime you want to be a, a you want to sound like a smart film critic, all you have to say is like, uh, Jason uh, that's the character, right? Or no, it's Freddy. No, it's Michael, Michael Myers. <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> How have you been there before? You say Michael Myers represents capitalism. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if you want to sound smart. capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you want to sound smart. And the analogy could kind of hold up because... <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Well, I don't know... I guess the whole so like there is this like tension right between like Jamie Lee Curtis's character and her daughter and her granddaughter. It's like this generational thing, right? And um, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter is like, "You raised me to be paranoid. You raised me to and and whatever." And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, "I raised you to survive. I raised you to you know to be able to survive when the shit hits the fan." And uh, and so I was thinking about it. I mean, like, yeah, the analogy could could ring true, but the message is pretty reactionary. I think that like only a small gang of people could actually stop capital. <laughs> Basically, the whole only town- <laughs> only Jamie Lee Curtis playing a doomsday prepper could stop yes. capitalism. Right. Like, if they really wanted to go with a communistic message, they would have to go with like. The entire town bands together to stop Michael Myers. They all circle around him and just open fire. (laughs) And then when the smoke clears, he just hops back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing is, is like, Michael Myers is notoriously, like, he's died like a million times. Right, right. And yet he never dies. Well, that is the weird thing, right? It's like... The that film franchise is it's not like Freddy Krueger who is a monster, right? Yeah, it's like Michael Mar- Myers is uh, just a dude in some coveralls and a <laughs> weird mask. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of problematic. It kind of insinuates that he's like handicapped, and as a result, has some sort of like supernatural strength. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you know, you know. Now I've, now I've. <laughs> I yeah. really thought of it that way. No, no, I know what you. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's, um, yeah. Oh fuck. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Let's see. There was a really funny. Um, back to this opportunity cost of socialism, which is a funny word for um. A, I mean, a funny title for a paper that the op- that the uh, White House would read, right? What do they mean by opportunity costs? Like, if we have socialism, it's going to take away a lot of opportunity? Yeah. Is that what they're hitting at? That's what they're hitting at. They're talking about, like, it'll shrink the economy. Like, I don't know if they, they know this or not, but there's not exactly opportunity busting at the seams right now. <laughs> they would disagree with you, man. Trump would say, the economy, it's it's soaring. We've never seen it like this before. Those folks at Carrier, folks... <laughs> <laughs> folks making those air conditioners, we had to lay them off, folks. That's the only blemish. Look, they write about Medicare, <clears throat> Medicare for All. They say, We find that if this policy were financed out of current federal spending without borrowing or tax increases, then more than half the entire existing federal budget would need to be cut. 
Yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, I think we can do without a couple trillion dollars spent in defense. We can hum a few bars there. <laughs> right. I can see a few places where we could save, guys. <laughs> you know, it's funny that there's like whole businesses dedicated to like saving like logistics companies that just try to save like company corporations like money on toilet paper. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the company's like, we spent like $2 million on toilet paper at all of our chains last year. And then they go to these companies and they say, okay, we can get you down to about 900000 on that. Right. And then they do that. Right, right, right. Like, you know, <laughs> maybe we could do that with defense. <laughs> um, send it over to us. We can make some. Yeah. Couple of, no, I'm, uh, couple of edits here. That could definitely be a... Um, like a governmental agency, a governmental agency that just tries to cut costs. <laughs> I don't know. If it were financed through higher taxes, GDP would fall by nine percent, or about seven thousand per dollars per person in twenty twenty two. Evidence on the productivity and effectiveness of single payer systems suggests that Medicare for all would reduce longevity and health, particularly among the elderly, even though it would only slightly increase the fraction of the population with health insurance. <laughs> That's a really fucking confounding, slightly increased, like, well, yeah, every American would theoretically have health insurance. I think it'd be a little bit more. I mean, like, how many people do you think in this country right now don't have health insurance? It's got to be quite a few. Yeah, I would say probably, I would say probably 30% of the country. Yeah. And that's probably being conservative. Right. I mean, I went several years between when I <laughs> was kicked off my mom's till now. Same here, same here. That I was right. paying the $70 <laughs> fine you have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't fucking swing it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, uh, there's some really funny shit in here, though. Um, there's a, They are obsessed with... They think socialists are obsessed with economies of scale. They think that socialists... They love it's the whole like um Margaret Thatcher, you always run out of someone else's money. Like they harp on that for like a good dozen pages. <laughs> they say anything about Venezuela in there. They do. How they many do. how many how many appearances does Venezuela? Let's make? see. Here I can type in control or command F Venezuela. Fifty two references to Venezuela. Oh my god. That's um, embarrassing. Let's see. Let's see. Um, the replacing U.S. policies with highly socialist policies, such as Venezuela's, would reduce real GDP at least 40% in the long run, or about $24,000 per year for the average person. Every time they tried out one of these fucking statistics, it's like average fucking people don't participate in that anyways. Right. Average people have nothing to do with the growth of GDP. They have nothing to do like what this says, about $24,000 per year for the average person. Like GDP, the growth in GDP only benefits a very small segment of the population. Of people, yeah. Well, economics in general does. Right. I mean, anytime people talk about the economy, they're not talking about you. Chances are. Right. Right. And it's the same thing with anytime Trump is like touts like the the stock market doing great. Nobody gives a fuck about the stock market. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about the stock market, dude. <laughs> Nobody. I guess earlier what I was saying is that I like, what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like I got right. bu- I got buddies that like fucking um beat off to like, you know, like what Ray Dalio's stock picks are and like <laughs> shit like that and, and all this stuff. And it's just like they think that 
these grifters have convinced them that they can make money day trading. Yeah. Like with their like thirty eight to forty two thousand dollar year jobs. Right. It's just like Yeah. You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I guess <clears throat> the point I was trying to make earlier is that um the whole the, the this notion of using a literal casino to allocate resources in an economy is it we're talking about two very different things when we're talking about like opportunities for small business owners and stuff like that look small businesses are ty- tyrannies like they like the the world that we live in Just now had a tyrant <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're trying to circumvent here through this discussion <laughs> well i will say that i did work for him and um you know saw some pretty fucked up shit <laughs> <laughs> there is some evidence for that well look the 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 uh, have you heard of this movie called unsane mm-hmm. it's by steven soderbergh it's a horror movie it's it's in my opinion it's the most horrifying movie i've ever seen it's probably in the last like 10 years or something like that it is the uh monster slash ghost slash killer Representative of capitalism. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> However, the story, the larger story that this film is telling is about like feudalistic small tyrannies. It's about a woman who gets, I mean, there's a lot of like gender analysis in this film too, but it's uh, at its heart, it's about a, a woman who goes to her therapist and tells her therapist that she has had suicidal thoughts before. And her therapist like calls the state or whatever and then they have to admit her into this healthcare corporation that like that like basically builds people that basically builds people's insurances and holds them against their will even when they're not truly insane. Right. And um and to me it was the perfect the reason why it's so terrifying is because the world that we live in now especially in this country it it, it is built on top of these small tyrannies. Like Tyranny isn't what we used to consider. It's not like a, a massive dictator like Hitler or something running a, ma- a, a a country. I think that's what people are waiting for. Yeah. People are waiting for, like, people, I guess the reason why why Donald Trump, kind of a guy like Donald Trump, sort of passes muster with his electorate is really because... This is They're, not he's this is not a guy that's like fucking gassing people by the hundreds of thousands. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that's not that's just not the way shit's working anymore. It's because it's because he speaks their authoritarian language. They're all authoritarians. They all run their own small private little tyrannies, whether they're small businesses or whatever, and he speaks their language. And they love that shit. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna just say this right now. I'll beat the fuck out of any boomer shorter than six foot one, <laughs> less than 230 pounds. Any one of you fucking pussies want to go. <laughs> and assuming you've never played pro sports before. <laughs> and assuming you've had at least one hip replacement, I will beat the shit out of you. Like, I just, I, there's nothing I hate worse in the world than like the fucking tough guy bitch. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of being that right now because... Because <laughs> you got a podcast. You got a microphone. I got a microphone. Makes me like a badass. But, you know, the guy that just writes mouth... Writes checks with his mouth that his ass can't cash. <laughs> right, right, right. 
Well, dude, our system is built on that. Yeah. Our system is built on a hundred thousand of these motherfuckers. That's probably all they are. I mean, there's probably no more than that. There can't be. Um, of just small business tyrants who get to because of the system, they get to uh, treat their workers like shit. They, I mean, like, like. I guess we're talking about two separate things, but I guess we're not, actually, now that I think about it. Like, we're talking about a a system itself that allocates resources unjustly, but that also allows people to own small businesses and and without any sort of oversight or regulation and basically squeeze as much fucking capital and labor exploitation out of them as possible. It's it's built in. Exploitation yeah. is built in, yeah. and it's and it's allowed. It's permitted because, like, we valorize work. Well, we valorize like, so, like we act like there's something sort of inherently like noble in it. You know, we valorize work, but work that's only done for profit. You know, I mean, because like in a socialist system, like people are going to have to work. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, regardless, it's just that like. I don't know. This is. I'm out then. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. I was on board till you told me that. <laughs> That's the only reason I got in this because I didn't want to work. Well, theoretically, you know, you get to a point where society can turn over the state and its apparatus and its resource allocation to the workers in the form of a worker state. The workers already know how to run shit. Like that's just a truism for any right. place, right? Like, right. We have the the tools to run society are in all of us right now. Yeah, very very rarely will you come across a company where the CEO or president or whatever knows what the fuck is actually going on on the shop floor. Very rarely. Yeah. It's usually mediated through middle management, but then the workers are the ones that are actually do, making shit happen and know how to run it. Run how to run. And it. so therefore, like, you know, transferring that into the form of a state apparatus. Um, <clears throat> doing away with speculative gambling as a form of resource allocation and all this other shit. It's 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 more it. I don't know. It's like you're killing several birds with one stone, dude. <laughs> hey, <yo>, baby. <laughs> or as I, don't I like to say, we're getting two birds stoned. Yeah, there you go. I don't have the mental capacity. I didn't mean to get this fucking wonky and. I don't have the mental capacity for it this week, I don't think. I didn't mean to get this, like, uh, into the weeds on economics, which is, I should have thought of that before I brought up opportunity cost of socialism. I know, keep going, let's see what we got with this. <laughs> we're, we're talking about Venezuela. Present-day socialists do not want the dictatorship or state brutality that often coincided with the most extreme cases of socialism. Well, <laughs> I mean, I... Look, if if a socialist cult of personality if comes it along, and that <laughs> Donald Trump's going to be on the business end of that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is going to be on the end of that. Hey, I can live under can that tyranny. <laughs> I can live under that kind of tyranny. Yeah, if it means getting to watch Paul Wolfowitz and every person in the Bush administration humbled on a national scale by like. I don't know, getting stripped of all their clothes and marched around a fucking prison yard, tarred and feathered. I can live with that. I can live with that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if it get, if it means I get to, like, go into people's houses, kick them down the front stairs of their houses, <laughs> that's for the people. 
to be the tyrant. I could live with that. <laughs> I could live. With that. I could be a benevolent tyrant who can expropriate the, the the shit. Look, look, people. I just want to go look no knock further. on doors, <laughs> and announce to rich people, you have fattened yourself for the day of the slaughter. <laughs> And then whistle for the boys to go in and rough them up a little bit. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, there's nothing that fills me with more joy than, like, shooting cannons through McMansion doors. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, blasting them. Fire! (laughs) The Howard Dean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah! Like, could you imagine me standing in front of a cannon barricade of, like, 50 of them, and I'm just dressed, I've got, like, a Che hat on? And the fire and the cannons fire all around me. Like we just go to Westwood and like <laughs> hook up dynamite, and then just you know, like when they implode those stadiums to build new ones. We oh, totally! And all the all the rich people's houses just crumble. Maybe with them inside, just me maniacally in a fucking. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, fatigues! I'm wearing camo fatigues. That's all I want to do, man. Is drive around Whitesburg, Kentucky, wearing fatigues in one of these vintage <laughs> army jeeps. Yeah, going into people's houses. I I am the captain now. I'm the captain now. Two, <laughs> two people on the back, each had a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Look, first what? thing I would do, let's just talk expropriate Wattsburg. First thing I would do, I'd go up to McDonald's and I'd have one of the workers call the manager and act like there's this big crisis. <laughs> oh my God, you got to get here. You got to get here. You got to get here. He shows up, and we're just standing there in fatigues with our arms crossed. <laughs> no. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, this is an outrage. I'm calling the cops. I'll call the police. Call them. Call them, sure. <laughs> call them. I, I'm the cops now. <laughs> so what we do is we tie this guy to Whoa. one of those little swirly chairs, and then we feed him chicken McNuggets till he pops. <laughs> Just I'm talking like several thousand, and it just, just disembowels himself on chicken McNuggets. And then we say some witty no. line at the end, like, no. you really fatten yourself for the day of the slaughter. Right. <laughs> a lot of MSG for you, motherfucker. <clears throat> and then I'd turn to the workers and say, it's your store now. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> Have somebody clean this up, though. I ain't touching that shit. <laughs> oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be a good start, Tom. Um... I'd go then, to, no, wait, 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 wait. I'll back it up. Now, I'd save the best for last. I'd go to Don Childers last. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say earlier. And then I'd make him drink benzene-laced river water raw, untreated. <laughs> and then he'd probably take care of himself quick. At 86, you, yeah, she already had take you out pretty quick. Uh, the, no, the thing is, is he would ha- probably have a heart attack just hearing our trucks coming up his drive. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. Ah! You just see him wearing those same blue fucking khakis he wears and a big piss stain. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I walk up to the house and he's just laying in his yard and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> All right, next one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, present-day socialists do not want the dictatorship or state brutality. That- okay, I just want to meditate on that for a second because, like, Every now and then you hear of motherfuckers who had to flee Cuba and come to this, and they're always conservatives, and they're like, socialism doesn't work. Whatever. 
And it's literally because well, they're... Well, let me tell you, those people are my family and they're terrible. <laughs> and they're mad because they couldn't have their six houses Ex- on their fuck goddamn mango farm anymore. Exactly. They're Estancia or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah. Is that the right word? Um, <laughs> Estancia. <laughs> Nailed it, pal. The income me into system. <laughs> um, no, uh, it's like we. It's like, dude. It's like me and you were talking the other day. Like, um, we're, I don't know why we were talking about it. It's like me and you were talking the other day. Like Castro and those guys were the real fucking deal. <laughs> like they, oh, yeah. they, <laughs> they, uh, they weren't fucking around. Like. Not even slightly fucking around. No, dude. That's what I was telling. We were talking about our our buddy that's going to Cuba. And we were kind of having a little piss at his expense because, you know, hoping he comes to a revolutionary consciousness while he's there. And I wonder just how liberals would react when they walk through the doors of the Museum of the Revolution and to the right they see three murals painted of the two Bushes and Ronald Reagan. I thought it was Barack Obama. Oh, Barack's on there, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's on there, too. There's, I forget who it is. I think it's George H.W., George W., uh, Ronald Reagan, and Barack Obama, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, and right above it in Spanish it says, Thanks, Cretans, for making our socialism irrevocable. <laughs> Gracias, Cretinos. Yeah, no, they... they they weren't fucking around. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, however, peaceful democratic implementation of socialist policies does not eliminate the fundamental incentive and information problems created by high tax rates, large state organizations, and the centralized control of resources. Venezuela is a modern industrialized country that elected Hugo Chavez as its leader to implement socialist policies. <laughs> And the result well, here, was, here it comes. Here it comes. And the result was less output in oil and other industries that were nationalized. In other well, words, well, no fucking shit. <laughs> no fucking yeah, shit. No fucking shit. Because if you're not pumping oil out of the ground for profit, it turns out that you don't have to pump it limitlessly. Yes. Then you can do it rationally. Yes. I want to know who the fucking brain genius that wrote this is. In other words, the lessons from socialized agriculture carry over to government takeovers of oil, health insurance, and other modern industries. They produce less rather than more, even in today's information age, where central planning is possibly easier. (laughs) No, you're... It's like... Yeah, it's like... If you're They're talking about socialism from it's they can't talk about it the right way. It's kinda like well, it's kinda like the Khrushchev Nixon debate. It's like they're just they're just coming from two completely <laughs> different frameworks. So totally exactly. They have nothing in common. Exactly. And each is persuaded that theirs is the best. Yeah. And you just can't you just can't talk. Well, there's no po- like they they literally cannot conceive of a system of limit of uh, they literally can't conceive of any system that's not limitless growth. Right. Yeah, and this is something that, and this is fascinating that Marx pointed this out in the middle of the 19th century, that capitalists will chase the globe the world over a hundred times, trying to squeeze as many resources and as much capital out of it as possible. Yeah. Limitlessly. Yeah. And, and they, they, it's like... It's like you're saying, like, they, they, they can't, they don't have that part of their brain. Like, they can't even get, these are just... Craven psychopaths. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, man. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Does that make sense? <laughs> Proponents of socialism acknowledge that the experiences of the USSR and other highly socialist countries are not worth repeating, but they continue to advocate for increased taxation and state control in order to help low-income people. Such policies would also have negative output effects, albeit of a lesser magnitude, as is seen in cross-country studies of the effect on real GDP of greater economic freedom. What the fuck is economic freedom? A broad body... Uh, okay, economic freedom is just the freedom to start a small business and be a tyrant. <laughs> uh, well, it's also, it's like, another thing that they, they, they think, capitalists have no, they have no answer for how people from the poor and working classes are supposed to make their matriculation up. They have no answer. Right. They think, they. I mean, they'll put out some, you know, they'll point out the three people that, you know, started out with, you know, working at McDonald's and then fucking parlayed that somehow into millions or whatever, you know. Well, it's they have to dress it up in ideology. Well, I mean, but like I'm saying, like, that they'll point out the outliers. Right, right. But they make no mention of the countless millions of people that are fucking... Well, stepped on by this system. Right, well, and that's another thing about capitalism that upended previous social systems. Uh, we talked a little bit about this on that episode about Russell Luxemburg, but this is the thing. Capitalism turned individuals into competitors. It turned people individually competitive, yeah. which is not something that existed 600, 700 years right. ago. Right. I mean, there were systems, obviously, that were oppressive, and there was, I mean, obviously, it was like feudalism was abhorrent. I mean, like we're talking about slave conditions. Yeah. But one of the weird, fascinating things about capitalism is it turns all of your relations into economic relations, and it makes you individually competitive with every other person. Transactive, yeah. That's why unions are the answer. Well, that's also, too, that's <laughs> also, too, if you think about socialization, if you've ever spent any time in D.C., D.C. is a town that's overran by social climbing dipshits that think because they fetch uh, goddamn uh, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's fucking coffee that they're like... <laughs> you know that there's somebody. You know, it gives them some. Like I'm, yeah. I, I swear. I mean, it's oh, like, yeah, you're right. You know, they'll name drop. You know, the senator, congressperson that they work for, all right. this kind of shit. And uh, that's like the basis of all their social reactions are, are kind of like why you would have gotten married in the like 15th century. It's like you're only friends with people to improve your station. Correct. Not because you see anything in them or in their character that you like or enjoy being around. <laughs> right, right. It's just what they can do for you. Right. That wouldn't, that, I don't think that would exist in, what, what would happen to those types? Would those people just, in social, under socialism? Well, we would, um, look, a lot of people are going to be. <laughs> well, a lot of them would be <laughs> discarded. <laughs> no, it's just that they're, they'd have to get an attitude adjustment. <laughs> Or be di- or or be discarded. <laughs> well, the funny thing about socialism, or the, I guess theoretically, what we want it to be is a system where people aren't surplus. Every person has value, not in the sort of capitalistic individualistic way, but um, in the sense that like you, your value as a human being is released to do whatever the fuck you want, yeah. as long as it's not oppressing people or dominating them or hurting them or anything like that. I'm going to run on the Herman Cain-esque platform. <laughs> the great founder of Godfather's Pizza. And here's how it's going to be. Okay? Okay. 
It's here's the new tax bracket. Billionaires, you get your head cut off. Do not, no, do not pass go. <laughs> do not collect two hundred dollars. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Millionaires, you get gulagged. All right. If after a certain period of time you don't get an attitude adjustment, head cut off. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. If you make nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars or less. Uh, we'll take it on a case by case basis. Most likely, you're getting gulagged. Uh, okay, we'll work our way down. Well, you... the thing is, is if you, here's the here's the thing, Tom. If you have assets that will that can be deployed towards the betterment of humanity and the state, we're taking that shit. We're taking it. And your resistance and, and how, yeah. how you respond how to you that respond will to that determine will, your fate. Yes, exactly. Your <laughs> resistance to that will determine your fate. If you look at me and say, "Oh hell yeah, man." Yeah, if you want to be like, "No." Well, then yeah. we'll, we'll 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 give you an attitude adjustment. We yeah. might knock your kneecaps out or something. Send it to the gulag. <laughs> All right. Uh now, here's where it gets really tricky, though, because people in this income bracket oftentimes are the worst people. Oh, and these are and the that's, worst. That's the, that's the, <clears throat> these are the small business owners. I would say the people that make 100000 to- To 999000 To up to a million. Not quite millionaires, but yeah. like have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. These people think that they're just, just a, a just a, you know, stones throw away from that millionaire's club. <laughs> And they will do anything. They will step on anybody in the lower classes. Like, in some ways, I think, and this is not exactly, this is a Marxist idea, obviously, but in some ways, I think that a revolution really kind of lies with the petty bourgeois. Because nowadays. Which would be what? People in the 70 to... (laughs) Well, I mean, it's hard to quantify, but you know it when you see it. It's like the Supreme Whoa. Court definition of pornography. <laughs> you know, petty bourgeois. You see it. Look, me and you are petty bourgeois. There's all there is to it. We're on the lower. So, okay, far look, low end. Income of petty wise, bourgeois. we're probably lower class, but in terms of like cultural affectation, and you know what I mean, like in terms of like. Especially here in Whitesburg, we are of the managerial professional class. We are the petty bourgeois. Mm-hmm. We are the we are the uh, level right beneath actual bourgeois. Right. So it's anyway. Here's the deal: is when you're of that class, when the gun is to your head, who are you siding with? Yeah. Are you going to take your chances joining them over there <laughs> at the guillotine at the gulag? <laughs> Or are you going to cast your lot with the poor and working people? And that's that's where it... Well, yeah, that's the thing. Well, and what's truly scary about this is the people in that one hundred to 900000 that you were talking about who want to be millionaires, that, that is the class of individuals in this country that is running the country. Yeah. Whether they want to admit it or not, which they don't, because they think they're the most victimized class of individuals in oh, yeah. human history. Well, and the, and the reason it is is because they're overlords. The people, the club they want to join, make are the ones making it harder for them to join that. But they really think it's mm-hmm. the people in that next tier. Well, and legislation is made for them. You know what I'm saying? Economic yeah. policy is made for them. These tax cuts that the GOP just did last year, that's strict, strictly for that class of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it not? Is no, it like- well, I mean, I mean, obviously it benefits the super wealthy. It's it's kind of like the old Reagan bait and switch thing. If you give those people like an 8%, 10%, oh, yeah, 12% yeah. tax cut, 
they think, oh man, this guy's for us. And meanwhile, <laughs> the Warren Buffets of the world are getting like a 17,000% tax cut. For sure, absolutely. Yeah. What's dangerous about it, though, and what leads to fascism is that those people in that like bracket, they're extremely susceptible to reactionary ideology. Like the people at the very top are. I mean, you know... They're too far gone. Well, and also, they're just weird, and they're, like, alien. They're not even real humans anymore. Like, obscene wealth has, like, warped them past, like, humanity. The people in the 100 to 900,000 income range or whatever, like, these people are still humans. They're incredibly racist. They're incredibly susceptible to racist ideology, or reactionary ideology. And uh, when the shit hits the fan, uh, in whatever form... Um, they are the ones going to be pulling the weight. Like I don't think that uh, that they're actually going to do shit because they're incredibly lazy, and these people are like they're boomers basically, or yeah, for the most part. Yeah, none of us have enough wind at our back to fall into that category, right. really. Right. And if you do, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> next, next tier, next tier, and this is the this is this is the same as this tier. They're just stupider. <laughs> And that's the ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine to about forty grand people, right? Right. Nine hundred. Th- say that again. But about the about the hundred thousand to forty thousand range. Those people. A hundred thousand to forty thousand. No, forty thousand. Okay. Like to for two forty to a hundred to ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> okay, I'm a year. sorry. That tax bracket. <laughs> that group. Basically, the same as the aforementioned group, just dumber. <laughs> Like they have a much bigger hurdle <laughs> to you know to improve their station, but are convinced by the Tim Ferrises and like the fucking uh, who else like the Seth Godins and the JD Vances of the world that they're just like right. But they are also incredible. They are very susceptible to re- reactionary, but but also more susceptible to more Marxist ways of thinking. I agree. Um, I agree. So they're. They could be redeemable. I mean, we're talking about ourselves here, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I said stupid, right? Yeah. I would call anybody else. We're definitely dumber. Um, the, 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 we offer nothing to we're, the re- we're revolution talking about, except propaganda. We're talking about the the millennials. Right. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, proponents of socialism acknowledge that the experiences of the USSR and other highly socialist countries are not worth repeating. Blah 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 blah. blah. A broad body of academic literature quantifies the extent of economic freedom in several dimensions, including taxation and spending, the extent of state-owned enterprises, economic regulation, and other factors. the The whole concept of economic freedom is hilarious to me. It's like people literally think that like if you don't have the freedom to go out and start your own business. That you're in shackles or you're oppressed somehow. Like, what the fuck is, like, liberating about that? Running a business fucking blows, first I mean, there, of all. It's like, there's nothing, like, there's nothing liberating about, like, it, you're not tapping into, I mean, I guess it's challenging, it could be challenging, but you know what else is challenging? Writing a fucking book. Um, uh, well, planting uh, some know, trees. It's, it's interesting. It's Growing it's, a garden. It's interesting. When I was a kid, when I was in school, we would talk about communism. One common refrain that my teachers always said is that, well, in communism, under communism, they pick out what you're going to do when you're born. (laughs) The second you come out of the womb, they say, 
you're going to be a gymnast. They think it's like that book, The Giver. Yeah. <laughs> and the second you come out of the room, oh, you look like you might be a good um, banana picker. And over here, hey, you look like you might be a teacher or something, whatever it is, you know. And then that's just your station. That's just your right. your cast, and you have to stay and do that and whatever. <laughs> and it's just like the other end is capitalism says if let's assume that you're just an average person, no inheritance, no whatever, right? No sort of uh, access to any, you know, money or wealth, inheritance or anything. You're just starting, you know, whatever, and you got to go and you got to, you know work these service jobs that, that these people shit on and all this kind of right. stuff even though it's insanely hard work and then you have to like you know somehow you know you know you know uh keep your apartment up and your your car and your insurance <laughs> and you know whatever entertainment stuff internet right. whatever that you want blah 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 electricity pay all your bills all right and then what you're supposed to do is keep a little bit for that business you want to start <laughs> I always wanted to open up. Always wanted to open that coffee shop. Did you? Did you, Jeff? <laughs> Put a little bit back for it. And then after thirty years, when Jeff's uh, fifty-one years old, then maybe he's got enough money to start his coffee shop. If he <laughs> yeah. doesn't, if he doesn't, then he can ask Mason for a loan. <laughs> and if he's Kentucky humor for yeah, it. I'm sorry, that's not for everybody. And. Uh, you know, then what happens is Jeff starts this in the in the post coal economy, and then he loses everything he ever <laughs> saved at his service job, and now he owes Mace said his money. And if he doesn't want to cut, yeah, listen, hey, had a tough month, John. Fuck you, pay me, pay May said. That is the fascinating thing about this whole notion of other people's money. What the fuck do they think banking is? What are loans? It's just it's, it's just institutionalized, normalized <laughs> fucking loan sharking. Yeah, it's just it theft. Is. That's it. Like I, I don't people 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 that still bank with brick and mortar banks. Which I mean, any bank is fucking vampiric, but particularly brick and mortars. They nickel and dime you so much in ways you don't even fucking see. Yeah. You know, totally, <laughs> totally. I mean, fees, fees are for rats. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, the the situation that you just outlined. What the fuck is free about any of that? Where is the freedom there? Where is the freedom about? Now, I mean, what I'm scraping? saying, compared to that, to their conception of what a communist oh oh life yeah. is. I'm, I just I just mean that like what. Like what is? I'd tend to want rather stay in the gymnast lane and become a <laughs> and, and win gold for the Soviets than fucking same here. Start my goddamn coffee shop in Harlan. That's gonna fail. That's gonna fail because the vast majority of small businesses fail. Fail, <laughs> particularly in places where there's no population and no money circulating. Totally. <laughs> but like this is dark shit, man. And um, again the. The, the situation that you just described, there's not going to be an economy in 30 or 40 fucking years. I mean, uh, that's actually hyperbolic. I'm, that's a little. No, the money, the money, the money is going to be in somehow saving our sorry asses from the boiling seawater. <laughs> if you want to get right. in on the ground floor, start thinking about that right now. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That, that will be the big. <laughs> there will be a big. Well, what's going to happen is. 
<laughs> this had never occurred to me before. But what's going to happen is there's going to be a huge economic bubble on people trying to solve these climate issues and all these other things. And then the bubble is going to bust once everybody realizes that it's not possible, that we're already past the point of no <laughs> that return. Actually, actually, that's the thing, man. It's the hubris of people that Elon Musk, like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and all these people that think they can out-engineer any yeah. climate catastrophe, anything, Yeah, just because... Um, Somehow they managed to keep New Orleans above water. As we run, as we run more out of resources, as we put more sh- constraints on the environment, we're literally just chasing it down the drain. Yeah. So it's like every every economic shock and and expanse and collapse, expanse and collapse, expanse and collapse. It just it just it just like I said, it's just chasing it down the fucking uh, drain. And let me just say this, friends: if you're putting your hope in the Elon Musk's of the world, just remember this. Elon Musk couldn't even save those 12 Thai boys. <laughs> those soccer players from that cave. Okay? Just like in the 80s uh, when Steve Jobs couldn't save that Chilean rugby team that crashed in the Andes and they had to eat, eat themselves. That's, that didn't happen. That's <laughs> well, No, that happened, but Steve Jobs had nothing to do with it. I was just trying to think of, <laughs> trying to think on the spot of a rich guy that was around in the eighties. Uh, oh, fuck. on the scene, you know. I'm laughing so hard I can't fucking focus. I cannot focus. <clears throat> Anybody, remember, you remember that movie with the Chilean rugby team? <laughs> like they the only cannibalizing. The only Chilean anything that I remember of people getting trapped is the miners, <laughs> the fifty-five miners or whatever. Fuck, maybe I'm mixing two things up. I mean, you're probably right, dude. I don't know. I'm a. I'm, I'm an gonna idiot. put that out to the people. If there's a, uh, was it Chilean miners, Chilean rugby team, or both? That, <laughs> in any case, not good. I've been peeking out this episode the entire time. That's a drug term. I've been peeking out. My levels are hot, man. Uh, I got hot levels. This literature finds a strong association between greater economic freedom and greater economic performance, suggesting that replacing U.S. policies with highly socialist policies, such as Venezuela's, would reduce... That's just a dog whistle at this point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it is. Would reduce real GDP more than 40% in the long run, or about $24,000 per person per year for the average person. Oh my God, Tom. It's so fucking dumb. There's really nothing else to say about this yet. Other than Comandante Warren and Sanders are going to lead us to the, uh, the well, I guess that's a that's that's probably another point to make from us though. What's <laughs> that? Like the Democrats won't. Uh, they no Democrat has anything even remotely anti-capitalist. No, to offer you at this point. No, even I don't care what you say about Bernie. He's, Whatever. Bernard Sanders isn't gonna save us, guys. <laughs> the only things that the only thing that can save us is would I vote for Bernie? I would, but mostly at this point it's just to shut up the people that you know <laughs> the electoralists. The people, the people who <laughs> the electoralists. The people who want to know who's gonna play him in the biopic. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's gonna play Bernie in the biopic? Oh my god, the world's in flames. <laughs> fucking god, then there's not you can't have a movie industry if we're all engulfed in boiling seawater. You're right. Well damn, man. Well that's the uh that's the White House's 
opportunity cost us. So I could keep going if you want, Tom, but Jesus Christ. Um, what else is there to really say about this? Yeah, it's uh, it's a dog whistle. It is, um, I don't know, I think it's a little, uh, could be dangerous. Because um, goddamn, I mean, look what they're doing to people they think are communists. Sending bombs to the Obamas, the Clintons. Damn, we didn't even talk about <laughs> CNN. that. CNN. So today, there were bombs sent out. <laughs> or to who the Clintons, Obama, and CNN. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. Have you been reading about it? I don't know anything about it. No, it's what. What's crazy is the, is this. It's like, do you remember when the bombings were happening in Austin? Like they were targeting the black community in Austin, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Like, they just act like, oh my God, this is the first time since since the Unabomber this has happened. Like this, <laughs> no, it's the first time this has happened to important right people since or quote unquote important people elites. Elites. Yeah. <clears throat> Since yeah. the Unabomber did what he did. It is interesting. It is, um, you know, I feel like there has been something sort of unleashed or let out of the box by the Trump administration and by this Trump stuff. And um, and I guess, you know, granted, assuming that this is all real and it's not like some fucking deep state Democrat conspiracy <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be. You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Let me tell you something. I would, I would actually applaud that at this point because at least it shows some political imagination. John Podesta's building bombs in his garage like the Weather Underground. (laughs) Oh man, wasn't Obama a good friend with one of the Bill Ayers? Yeah, (laughs) Bill Ayers. Have we have we investigated that connection? (laughs) Hey, where's Bill Ayers at these days? Yeah. Uh, Bill, um, our numbers are in the tank. We're going to need you to help us devise some kind of plan. Here's the thing. We're broke. (laughs) The kids aren't going to vote anymore. (laughs) They must have, like, here's the weird thing. I don't, obviously, I'm not taking, think our show deserves any credit for this, even though we were at the forefront of the (laughs) anti-electoral movement. On the, I, le- highly, on, on the podcast left. I highly doubt that. But, 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 don't you think it's interesting that people, like the discussion of not voting or sitting out, really terrifies the Democrats? Totally. In a way that, like... Oh, yeah. That's a good thing, I think. <laughs> it totally does. I will... Yeah. Obama, earlier this week, what did he say? He was like, you gotta stop being cynical. You gotta get out there, and <laughs> he said that he was like, "What is? What was he saying a couple weeks ago?" And he was just like, "Sound like fucking Clint Eastwood and uh, <laughs> what's that movie? Uh, get off my lawn. No, get off oh, uh, El Camino. Gran Torino. Gran Torino. El Camino. Gran Torino. What yeah. about El? What about Gran Torino? No, you're right. Um, Obama was quoting Gran Torino. No, 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 no. He was he was acting like. <laughs> Toward the young people, we used to pile them. We used to pile them high. Uh, <laughs> in South Korea, we stacked bodies <laughs> 30, 40 feet high. That's Obama with Lyme disease. I mean, uh, no. Um, yeah, voting stupid. No, you're right. You're right. It terrifies them. It freaks them the fuck out. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Well, dude, the thing is, is they they um, 
voting is interesting, and I wish we could talk about this in a way that's more nuanced. And uh, voting isn't what it used to be. You know, I mean, like the Democrats somewhere along the line, once they expanded the franchise in the middle of the 20th century, they started depending on interesting things. (laughs) Yeah. A funny thing happened. Yeah. They started, they, well, the the thing is, is they, they, they wedded that to a sort of mass individualism and mass consumption. And so that's what voting became. That's instead of, instead of mass movement type of thing. Instead of a mass movement type of thing. Exactly. Right. So it's like they, they, you know, that's why every time anybody tells me to vote or anytime anybody talks about voting, it's like, uh, we're talking about some two, we're talking about, when you talk about voting today, you are not talking about voting in the way that suffragettes meant it. You're meant not talking it, no. about it in the way that they meant it in the Absolutely 60s not. when the civil rights movement was getting it. Absolutely not. And what I would say to those fucking uh, electoral jerk-offs, the Obamas, whoever, is like, We'll start taking voting seriously when you all start taking uh, repealing Citizens United seriously, when you start addressing gerrymandering, when you actually make it fucking a democratic process, which would behoove them. The the thing is, is it's not going to... You watch enough Adam Curtis and you really will just get totally hopeless because, like, we, we don't live in a world anymore where, especially in America... Maybe in other countries, maybe. Even then, it's tenuous. We don't live in a world anymore where politics is considered a a coalitional movement of shared interest um, fighting for control over resources. No, that's true. We We live in a wasteland of individuals. You know what it is? (laughs) You know what it is, dude? (laughs) It's like one big royal rumble. Remember the Royal Rumble? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Didn't it was that? No, that's the Hell in a Cell. Never mind. Hell in a Cell is good too. Yeah. But the it's Royal Rumble is where you know you, whoever wins is the number one contender for the right. WWE title, and you know, <laughs> sometimes you need some chicanery and all this kind of stuff, and then yeah. But people, the people who talk about voting and electoralism, they've got they've put the cart ahead of the horse. If you want to really get my, if you really want to start talking about voting, and if you really want to start talking about electoral strategy, you have to build a mass movement. We have not done that yet. We've run a few isolated candidates here and there, and I get fucking emails from DSA calling them DSA candidates or whatever. These candidates don't even give a fuck about DSA or whatever. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's so funny because yes, for as as much time and energy as DSA puts in, like. I would say at least a quarter of those candidates disown them after totally. they win, or or they lose and they just get banished to the dustbin of history. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, so, like, we're not, like I said, by, like, honestly, and Katie has pointed this out, too, by pushing people to engage with the electoral system on in the way that it exists now, you're actually rehabilitating that system. Yeah, you're rehabilitating it. Is that, as, a, I agree. Yeah. As I mean, I don't know. I mean, vote, think, vote for sure. Vote. Do that so so that you can't fucking come back to me later and be like, you piece of shit, you told me not to vote and blah blah blah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I listen to you, you goddamn idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that that tweet going around where 
uh, the guy, the dead pimp in Nevada, is still going to be on the ballot? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know the guy that like ran the brothel in Nevada that was running as a Republican? Um, in some, I forget what it was. Maybe a state house or something <laughs> like that. But he like he like died of a like I guess. And he's still going to sounds sounds like a like a coke induced heart attack. It's like the <laughs> night after his birth, like seventieth birthday or some shit. And uh, he's still on the ballot. I, the tweet was like he's still going to remain on the ballot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what somebody's going to come to me, like us, our Nevada listeners. I listen to you, now we have a dead pimp as our representative. <laughs> the dead pimp caucus. <laughs> the DSA dead pimp caucus. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, all right. Well, I had planned to do a, an entire speaker piece segment today. In honor of our recently deceased good buddy Jim Webb, may he rest in peace. But um, let's just put that off till our Patreon episode this weekend. How's that sound? Wait, what do you mean? Why? Because we're at an hour and ten minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we can sit here if you want. We could. Do we can just do it for the, I, I want to do it for the free one. I want to do it for the Patreon. Yeah, you're right, Tom. Good um, point. More people need to know about. Well, I have two James Watson Webb. I have two. Uh, we have last week's because we didn't read last week's. So if you want, go ahead and pick your choice. Let's take a quick break, though. Okay? Is go that, for it. Is that yeah, all right? Yeah, go for it. Thank you. 
I tell you about how um, maybe a few months ago, every now and then I like to go back and listen to some of our episodes because I'm the arch. <laughs> Why'd you do a thing like that? <laughs> I'm the arch narcissist of our times. Um. Uh, and I <laughs> like I found this episode. I don't remember what it was, Tom. It was like it was in the '60s. I don't remember when, but um. It it was an episode where me and you just like got up to go do something and we left like a three minute block of just silence in the middle of this episode. Never I just, took it out. I didn't take it out or anything. I just left it in there. Like I didn't even know it was in there. <laughs> I guess we like got up to go pee or something like that. That's how professional we are. <laughs> We're on it, baby. <laughs> oh. oh gosh. Oh, so yeah, I circled some. <clears throat> speak your pieces speak this your pieces. week. This is going out to. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, we recently lost a good friend of ours, and uh, he, he actually came up with the speak your piece segment. Uh, we basically stole this. Actually, you know, our our interpretation of the speak your pieces is a little different than Jim's. Um, Wiley's speak your pieces were totally. They were, it was it was a masterpiece. It was brilliant, um, mostly because of the way he delivered them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a lot different than what me and you do. Me and you take them and we just basically sort of pry them apart and dissect them, or whatever. Jim presented them almost sort of like poems, yeah. <laughs> which is what they are. I mean, you know, like you can <clears throat> do all kinds of things with them, and um, they really are po- poems in many ways. <laughs> It's really, you, Jim. Race, really racist ones sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> really racist poems. <laughs> this is for you, Jim, for Wiley Keona. Yeah. What makes me sick is SSI drawers. <laughs> All these SSI families <laughs> keep right on having children while they're being paid by us good, hardworking Americans who go out to work every single day. <laughs> we are who pays for the SSI checks, not the government. I think it's high time someone goes to snipping and clipping and doing away with some of these drug dealers. <laughs> oh, dude. That's the... Re- I was... As you were reading it, I was like, why did I circle this one? This one seems like boilerplate. But as soon as you said drug dealers... There's just the the least smooth transition to talking about one thing to another. <laughs> Here's the thing, Tom. Globally, the term drug dealers has come to signify... It's 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 taken on this like whole new signifier status. You see it with Bolsonaro in Brazil, Duterte in the Philippines. The, the like, drug dealer has become a stand-in for like someone sowing mass discord among the populace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not only that, but it's interesting that this particular speaker piece ties them to people taking in the SSI system. Yeah, that's not by accident. 
Yeah, it's very dangerous. And uh, after, um, after, after really sort of taking a deep dive into the whole Brazil situation <laughs> earlier this week, I was not in a good place. <laughs> You know, I was talking to uh, my girlfriend's cousin who'd spent time in Brazil, and he was talking about how, like, the cartels there had, like, rebuilt these, like, the barrios. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I actually don't know if that's how you say that in Portuguese. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you know, like, the slums and had, like, basically, like, redid all the housing and set up their own power grids and stuff. Interesting. I wonder why. I don't know. It sounded like a... Sound like a. I don't know anything about the history of Brazil, man. I went to a bookstore on Monday because I was in Lexington. That was a whole other. Se- I meant to tell you about that. I went to Joseph Beth because I just listened to that dig episode about Bolsonaro in Brazil. I was like, oh fuck, dude, the world is bad. <laughs> like bad things are happening. I was like, I want to get a book on Brazil. Yeah. They didn't have anything there. What they did have there was a debate. <laughs> Chapo God Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> what they did have there, yeah. Me and me and you were just hawking yeah. <laughs> travel books. No, man, there was they were, they were having a mayoral debate in the middle of that motherfucker between the mayoral candidates. It was dark. Um, one of them is an ex prison guard, and they were passing out what, cro- in Lexington. In Lexington, yeah. Okay. The mayoral candidate, like the right wing one, is an ex prison guard, and he was passing out literature on crime stoppers and i was like they did this they held this right in the middle of the fiction section i have no fucking clue why but i was like standing there i was like reading through the book jacket and they were like this event is sponsored by crime stoppers if you see someone in your neighborhood doing something shifty call the police and we'll come arrest them and i go fish <laughs> and everybody <laughs> just looked at me <laughs> but like i was like i was not expecting to walk in in the middle of that, I was incredibly annoyed. Whoa, 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 wait a second. There was a mayoral debate going on in the bookstore? In the bookstore at Joseph Beth's, man. And they were broadcasting it on the radio. That's the only reason I yelled. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I was lucky that no employees... That's interesting. ...actually escorted me out. Um, Did but, the Crime Stopper, we probably hated to be in such a... Do you, do you know what's weird... Is that we talk about how the Patriot Act and 9-11 or whatever has totally destroyed this country, but it's like, um, fuck, man. Like, it's an interesting how, like, homeland security policies, like, have now trickled down to, like, the municipal level where it's just, like, suspect everybody. Be paranoid at all times. Everybody's doing a crime. Everybody's a drug dealer. Nah. Anyways, that took me down that road. (laughs) Continue. My bad. (laughs) Y'all can't even get a Ouija board together after the patronage <laughs> I've given you. I hope God forgives you, but I can't imagine you're in his good graces. Thanks and have a nice day, Andy. <laughs> Whoa, that's a rare break from oh, there are, etiquette. There are more than one. Dude, I think there are at least two or three specific call-outs and speaker pieces this week. Let's see what we got here. I think we ought to have zoning laws in Letcher County. <laughs> that way these sorry people couldn't just throw their junk out in their front yards with their 25 to 30 dogs they already have in their front yards. It's a nuisance. <laughs> I talked that because I was like, is that what a zoning law actually does? <laughs> you know what's sad? It's when all your loved ones are in heaven, but you know you could... <laughs> 
You can never get there to see them because you're so full of hate for those people who have messed you over so bad. I love this one. I'm sorry, but I cannot forgive these people. They took my money, and they messed me over, and I can't forgive them. That I like is it. Bec- fascinating. I like it because several reasons. That's been an ongoing series in the past few weeks. There has been perpetual mention to someone getting fucked over and their money stolen. That person, and then the second part is that they've already conceded that they're not going to heaven. They'll never let go of that hatred and anger, and I respect that <laughs> because I will see you in hell, my friend. Let's parlay that into something, though, pal. Here we go. If you need any drugs, you can go to a certain single-wide trailer, but you can't get them on Wednesday evenings or on Sundays, because that's when they go to church. Uh, Mr. President, you're making the right decision to pull out of the treaty agreement with Russia. I love how these people are like just foreign policy experts. Oh, trust me, this one gets good. China... And any other foreign country that wants to present its communism to the United States. These countries have never honored anything, but they've taken and taken. <laughs> it's a it's a pitiful shame that people would believe such countries would really honor a treaty. Wait, like, what the fuck is China taking? They make all of our shit. China's actually given, 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 and given more. <laughs> In Russia. <laughs> totally. Uh, let's see. As for the asylum seekers who are marching toward our border, we don't know who these people are. Send the National Guard down there to stop them, <laughs> by God, or send the Army. Don't let them into the United States, Mr. <laughs> President. A lot, of them, a lot of them would do anything. Mr. President, you are making the right decisions for America. God bless. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Uh, On the last weeks. There were a few decent ones in last week's, too. Here we go. To the guys or gals at Apple Shop. (laughs) We do not now, (laughs) nor have we ever spelled Sandlick as Sandlick. (laughs) As a Sandlick native, I am very insulted by you referring to my community as Sandlick. On your radio promotion about fire departments, did you ever think to let some of the older people there look over your work before posting it? <laughs> I, wait. Why, what's well, so? I don't know, what's, <laughs> I don't know uh, Tom. Anyway. I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, 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 Mister Red Ford Extended Cab. <laughs> you know what? People are in the woods digging ginseng and everything else. Would you like for someone to know what you were doing out on Sandlick? <laughs> I saw what you were doing out on Sandlick, and I've got some good video of what you were doing out on Sandlick. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you what you were really doing out on Sandlick? <laughs> That's what you need to ask yourself. The rhetorical uh, impact of repeating the, the repetition is... Uh, should be noted. <laughs> should be noted. What also should be noted is it's probably illegal to videotape. <laughs> I think it's called voyeurism. <laughs> right. Well, there's that. If I were accused of a crime and were to go on trial, there are thousands, <laughs> thousands of people out there who who I wouldn't want to be on my jury. 
they would have me guilty before the trial started without <laughs> one shred of evidence. Is that a little Kavanaugh hangover? Some weird... I, 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 it might be. Actually, you know what? I didn't think about that, but it might be. <clears throat> oh, God. Between Hillary and Bill Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Elizabeth Warren, Diane Feinstein, and that Kamal out there <laughs> in California, they're our best assets as Republicans. If they'll just keep talking and the Republicans keep quiet, that's all they need to do. They're cutting their own throats and hanging themselves. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love the um, that Kamala out there in California. <laughs> that Kamala. Not to be confused with another Kamala somewhere else. Right. To the woman who commented on the picture of her ex-husband. <laughs> you still got a thing for him? <laughs> I like, you know, it's like um, you see someone interacting online. Uh, that, that comes from a rare human place. It's like, you know, you, maybe you got a crush on somebody and you see, you know, maybe you got a crush on somebody who just broke up with their significant other and you're like, oh, okay. But then, but then you see that the ex comments on their photo and you're like, fuck, what's going on? Interesting. Are, they, are they getting back together? Are they broken up? Man, I'm with it, man. I just want to know. If I won that big lottery, it was six hundred fifty-four million going into Tuesday night. <laughs> I've, I've taught, this is the one I said that you wrote. I'd spend every penny of it to expose those lying bunch of faith healers on <laughs> faith healing preachers on TV. They are frauds, people. They are frauds, people. <laughs> this is about two places in the Bible where the word "again" is used. <laughs> I loved this one, man, because I... Oh, this is about two places in the Bible. Where okay, I thought right. I thought they were pointing out that the word again only appears twice in the Bible. Is that not what it says? No. This is about two places in the Bible where the uh -huh. word again is used. <laughs> well, still, it's pretty funny. If something happens again and again, it can mean it continues as with Cain and Abel, Genesis 4, 1 and 2. <laughs> Even touch is a sexual term in Genesis 3, 3. <laughs> Ab and Eve covered their private parts with an apron. <laughs> I don't. After dude. their encounter with the serpent, also called Satan, dragon, and devil. Oh, okay, it was not an apron. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not an not apron. Not an apron. In Revel, <laughs> here's in Revelations. <laughs> I like this. This is one of the funniest things I think is when people present themselves as biblical scholars and call Revelation Revelations. Revelations. Yeah. <laughs> 12 and 9. Cain was Satan's son, and he killed Adam and Eve's son, Abel, and became the first murderer. Eve told God in Genesis 3.13, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. I'm going to use that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which means seduced. The other place, again, is used is in John 3.3.5. Jesus tells us three things we have to do to see God. We have to be born from above and of water which is the water of the mother's womb, which is just two things. But point taken, pal. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the end of it? That's it. What? Wait, wait, wait. What's the fucking connection between Cain and Abel? There's not, dude. There's not, dude. <laughs> this person was fucking dabbing and just decided to come in and swing their dick around about their Bible knowledge. I don't My wife says, all of us women, all us women want is for you men to be gentle. Listen, I could jump out of an airplane from 30,000 feet and land on a soap bubble and not even bust it and still, even that's not gentle enough. That I didn't understand. I don't understand any of that at all. 
Uh, okay, let's see. Here we go. Yep, that's it. That's it. But I think uh, I would give the one of the week to the person that kicks it off with, well, 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 Mr. Red Ford Extended yeah, Cab. I like that one. Yeah. And I like I like um, referring to people as Mr. Red Ford Extended Cab. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to work. The serpent did beguile me, and I did eat into a bit. <laughs> anyway, that's for our man. Um, Wiley, who's going on? Yeah, sh- to um, another world. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for the good times, man. We had good times. Um, very, literally, the very first weekend I was in Whitesburg, I went up to Flamingo Fest. Isn't that what he called it? Pink Flamingo Pink, Soiree. The Soiree. God damn, dude, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> the Soiree, um, and that's. That's where I met all my friends <laughs> that I'm mostly still friends with. That's what I was. I put up my little Facebook tribute to Wiley, and that was from that same night. And I just remember captaining uh, the little pontoon of his, the little boat of his. Yeah. And who's the folk singer? You know Anna, the folk singer? Or the, yeah, 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 yeah. Anna, what's her band? Uh, or it's her and another. I don't know their band's name. I don't. It's I her and another guy. It's like Anna and Anna somebody. And, like they're kind of a big deal in that world. Yeah, they they're like rated on Pitchfork and shit. Yeah. Well, they were on that boat with me when it flipped over <laughs> and I <laughs> dumped everybody into the pond. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. No, a lot of the jokes on this show, they're not. Uh, Jim was a huge influence on us comedically. Oh, yeah. Um, whether he whether he knew it or not, and whether it was intentional or not, yeah. um, and uh, and we we wouldn't even be sitting here if it wasn't for him, um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, but um, he was a good dude. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like anybody, he's complicated. I have bad memories with him as well, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But that's the point. I mean, yeah. like you know. Um, he just would shoot you straight, you know. He would just tell you whatever was on his mind, and uh, I always appreciated that about him. Yeah. So, shout out, man, wherever you are. See you in the next W H I R L E D. That's right. That's World. Right. And um, for all of our listeners, uh, it was brought to my attention that I don't think if you search for us on Patreon that you can find us. For whatever reason, I think it's because we're listed as adult podcast. I don't know. I guess we're not safe for work or whatever. Um, so the easiest way to find us is to literally go to patreon.com slash, just spell it out, Trillbilly Workers Party, T-R-I-L-L-B-I-L-L-Y-W-O-R-K-E-R-S-P-A-R-T-Y. P-A-R-T-Y. Uh, you can, that's the easiest way to find it. Like I said, I don't think you can find it, well... By searching for us, Patreon is stealing our money, goddammit. My God, my wages. My wages. <laughs> They've garnished my wages. <laughs> we were talking the other day, like, what if you get, what if it meant when you got your wages garnished, they put, like, just a little bit of mint? <laughs> a little <laughs> little parsley in your in your paycheck. Yeah, just a little mint in your paycheck. <laughs> that's, gar- that's a very wily-esque joke. Yes, yes, it is. Um, so please go and, and support us on there. 
yesterday or today I just released part one of our seance special. There is a part two, and it's got some good ass shit in it. Um, honestly, it might be better than part one. Uh, part one was definitely more editing, but did you listen to it? I'm not listening to it yet. No. <laughs> I, had no, little, I listened to part one. I had a little bit of fun I'm with it by two. myself anyways. Yeah. I was like walking around out here recording in my British accent. <laughs> <laughs> and after part two, there's a little Easter egg um, where I tried to impersonate Jad Abramrod. Like... <laughs> Like, this has been brought to you by the Alfred Peace Love Foundation. <laughs> so, anyways, that's the kind of shit on our Patreon you can get. So, go support us, please. And, um, and yeah, I guess that's it for this week. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us. We should have a Halloween episode for you next week, which means that what day is Halloween on? Wednesday? Wednesday, yeah. So next week's public free episode will be probably on Wednesday, right? We'll put it out early Wednesday so you can enjoy the right. Maybe even Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Mm-hmm. All Hallows Eve, maybe. Yeah, we try to we try to turn out for October. Yeah, and yeah, we uh, like to get spooky on Halloween. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we'll see you some other time. <laughs>